0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the
1: official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today.
0: It's time for Dirt and Sprig.
2: I've never television before but apparently sometimes i don't watch this i don't watch the news
3: with andy dirt johnson and brendan sprague
2: because i'm a kid and apparently every time apparently grandpa just gives me a remote after we watch the Powerball.
1: dirt and sprague on 1080 we'll probably sit around and cook some soups and Eat bread and desserts and just
3: get all fat and sassy. The Fan. All right, welcome back. In our
2: numero dos here on Portland Sports Leader, 1080 The Fan. I hope your December is going well. Your shopping's getting done. Your planning for the holidays going smoothly. Uh, we have a lot to get to in the remaining two hours of the radio uh, program. The hour, first hour was, you know, It was uh, Mike Leach. Mike Leach got a lot of conversation. He passed away, unfortunately, in the middle of our first, well, not in the middle, but like they announced it in the middle of our first segment. And so we talked about Mike Leach, the coaching tree, the impact on the sport, uh, and just how kind of sad I think the whole college football world is to lose a guy like that.
3: I saw a great tweet that was basically, in a world of Urban Myers, be a Mike Leach. Amen. And I thought that was a pretty good tweet. Amen to that. Um, so we talked a lot of
2: Mike Leach, a little uh, P- Peaches Sticky Fingers, and uh, <laughs> Dirt leaving a
3: 80% Eaton Cliff Bar on the desk. Let me say all the strippers uh, nicknamed Sticky Fingers. Miraculously, anytime you leave the club, all your money in your wallet's gone. Mm. <laughs> oh, and by the way, we are aware of an issue on the app that is out of our control at the local level, and hopefully it is resolved soon. Yeah, that's all we can hope for. All right, we have a lot to get to here in the second hour. Uh,
2: but last night the Trailblazers won, so you know what that means. It's time for the I'll Kevin Dew. I'll be du. your
4: dream, I'll be yes. your wish, I'll be your fantasy. I'll be your hope,
2: I'll be your love, be everything that you need. I love
0: you more
4: with every breath, truly, madly, deeply, too. I will be strong, I will be faithful, because I'm counting on a new beginning.
3: Everybody now, I want to uh, stay with you I want to be with you in the city, I want
4: to yeah. lay like this
3: forever. <laughs> God, it's so good. So good. All I was thinking about last night, as they were pulling away outside of Dame, should have played in the fourth quarter. Was I can't wait to hear that song tomorrow morning. Yeah, uh, Kevin Dew is the
2: guy on Twitter that kind of created this, and he had to tweet last uh, two games ago during Denver. He goes, guys, I just want to let you know. Last time you tweeted me preemptive, uh, yeah, preemptively. There you go. I'm always having to think about this now. Uh, Portland was up double digits on Denver. He said, last time you guys tweeted me too early. I, you wanted me to tweet the song out. They lost. So they wait till the, the game lead. is done. Yeah. You can't do it early. So, you know, he waits now. The game is over. Portland wins. They blow out the Minnesota Timberwolves. Dame doesn't even play in the fourth quarter because they're up 20 points. But, man, he had himself a night. <laughs> Dirt, he had 11 threes. That was going into the fourth quarter. He had 11 threes at the end of three
1: quarters. And they fed him a couple of times at, at the, the end, end of, of the three, third yeah. trying to get 12.
2: Yeah, and, and I, 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 I have a lot of respect for Dame, and I hear what he's saying here. He basically was asked, "Hey, did you want to go back in for the record?" And he, he's, yeah, yeah, no. Now, that's cheap. I don't need to do that. Like, I'll, if I make the record, I'll make the record.
3: There was a moment, it looked like, in the fourth quarter where he walked up and said something to Cha- to Chauncey Billups and then turned around and went back and sat down. It was probably like, yo, this gets to 11, put me back <laughs> in. <laughs> if this is anywhere near 15 points, I'm playing in the fourth quarter. We
2: are, we're not going to blow this one anymore. And so last night, they continue to roll. I said it yesterday, it'd be a pleasant surprise if they won. It's hard to win the back-to-backs against yeah. these teams. Uh, but Dirt, here they are. They, they, they're on a roll right now. They're playing good basketball. Everybody for, you know, as healthy as I think you can be at this point is playing and producing. And now they hit the road. They got a nice little road trip coming. They have Dallas on the schedule, but they also have Houston, San Antonio, Oklahoma City twice they got a real opportunity here to pull off uh, some more wins and, and work their way up the Western Conference standings.
3: Yeah, and you hope for Dame that he's healthy because he took a knee to the was it the quad or the knee. Like That looked like it hurt, and he was in some pain after that, and he was holding the compress to it when he was sitting on the bench in the fourth quarter. I will maintain, and I know that look, long-term health is far more important than one game in one fourth quarter. With like seven minutes to go in the fourth, I would have put him in for three possessions. Like, give me 90 seconds... The game is over. Jack them up from half court if you want. If they go in, great. We'll let you go for the record. If they don't go in, we're sitting your ass back on the bench. You had an unbelievable night. Thank you. But give him like three shots at it. They did try and feed him in the end of the third quarter. I love Lamar Heard too, because Jeremy Grant took a three at the end of the third and he made it. I heard this as well. This was, the, was a funny observation. And he was like, you know, I love, I love Grant. That was a good shot. He's an all-star. But! Dame was wide open on the other wing and we probably should have swung it around to him to see what he could do. 11 threes and three quarters. I mean, it's just insane. And It, it overcame a not great night from Ant, but to be fair, Ant didn't get a lot of looks because Dame was shooting it at such a high clip. And to beat a team back-to-back is not easy, man. This is a... That was a really impressive win. They came out right out of the gate with energy. They never trailed at any point for four quarters, so it wasn't one of those like fluky, yeah, you eked it out. They kind of messed around with Minnesota on Saturday night, and they did not last night. That was a really impressive win. Yeah, like... Like I, I'm trying to wrap my brain around
2: what this team is going to be, and I still haven't pivoted from who I think they are. But I maybe the Western Conference is going to make me pivot. I put a
1: ticket
3: on them to win the West last night. Really, <laughs> I did. Yeah, well, a decent amount or just um, a small amount. A small, a, a slightly below average unit. What are their What are their odds? Plus twenty four hundred. Oh. I don't have to do the same thing. Not that I think they'll do it, but. No, it was just, I. I to your point, the West, it seems
2: open. Well, I mean, I, you, I'll give you credit. We did predictions in a text string, and me and Swag are basically kind of the same thing. I don't think our win-losses were any different. If they were, it was by a game. You text, and you're like, succeed, <laughs> 44 wins, 45 wins, whatever you put. And I was like, wow, that's, pfft. look at this guy. Look how, look how excited this guy's getting. Woo! You are easily more correct right now than we are, and I mentioned their schedule. You get San Antonio is going to be your first game. Uh, Then you get Dallas,
3: Houston, Oklahoma City twice. I mean, look at those four games. That's a nice little stretch you got there. You got a chance to rattle off some wins here going into Christmas and feel good about where you're at in the West. The ESPN website
2: blows Oh, it's terrible.
3: I can't even get to the NBA page. It won't. (laughs) It like
2: stops working. So, what do you need? Standings? I got them up right here. Yeah, I got it. So, here, so, so Portland right now is sitting in the sixth seed. They're tied with the Kings. God, I don't care. NBA.com. Tied with the Kings, and they're only a game back of Phoenix. Yeah. Boy, how bad is that for Phoenix? They're
3: only a game and a half behind Denver, who is the three seed in the West right now, and they're only, as you point out, a game behind Phoenix, who is the four seed. Yeah, and we we've seen like when they play Denver, you just
2: it's coin flip, and it's yeah. either Jokic making it or somebody on Portland is going to get it going with that Dame or whoever. I, they're also really close to the seven seed, so like this whole thing we said this yesterday it's jumbled together. But I think their schedule is going to open some things up for them, where they're fifteen and twelve now. You know, Dallas is always the tough one, although Luka with his teammates right now is a very interesting one. Did you see Luka got a technical foul last night for screaming at his teammates? (laughs) Is that possible? I didn't know you could do that. (laughs) Most people didn't know. It it actually (laughs) happened yesterday. I mentioned his body language in the Milwaukee game. He was awful. He He
3: should be pissed. He's playing at the greatest level we've seen from a point guard, it feels like, in a long time, and they're one game above five hundred. He should be mad at his team, not his teammates. Yes. His teammates didn't create
2: the roster. No, yeah. you should be
3: mad at the folks upstairs in the front office.
2: That Nico dude they hired from Nike, I, I don't know what to make of that guy so far. It's early, but I don't know what to make of that. And then Mark Cuban billionaire, nice guy, treats his players well. He hasn't surrounded that dude with anything. No, they have Brunson. He walked in free agency to New York. Yeah. So, you know, I I don't blame Luca. but yesterday he was caught fouling some – there was a foul committed by uh, Dallas against Oklahoma City. And as the ball comes through the hoop and they're getting ready for free throws, Luca is screaming at his two teammates. And the ref teed him up, and he loses it because, like, I'm screaming at them, not you! I'd never
3: seen that before. <laughs> a player get teed up for yelling at his own teammates. I'm not yelling at the refs. I Look, I was more optimistic coming into the year for one reason. Uh, not not that to say that you guys weren't excited about this or didn't think that he would have a good year, but I should say my optimism came from one thing, and that was the fact that Damian Lillard was back. Like, I I felt like there was this period last year where he was clearly injured. He was not playing at a high level. He got out of the gates really slow, not shooting it efficiently. And then they shut him down for the surgery. And That team should have never existed. No, it just was. The the whole season was a loss. But the thing I kept going back to, like, if you get a healthy Damian Lillard, healthy Damian Lillard has essentially been a six-seater veteran every year of his NBA career. No matter what's been around him, no matter how good the West has been, no matter how many starters he's lost throughout the course of an offseason. like they had the one year with Nurkic that they slid, you know snuck into the eight seed and got swept by Golden State. In yeah, the but first that round. team was awful that year. That team was terrible. And then Nurkic came in and they they turned it around at the end of the season. That was the primary reason for my optimism. I liked the Jeremy Grant addition. I didn't know how good he was going to be. That has exceeded my expectations. Yeah, I think it exceeded everybody's. I thought Ant was going to have a good year, but there's a difference between being a leading scorer on a horrible tanking team. And then fitting alongside other pieces, and how is that going to mesh? And I know he has not; he's had a couple of clunkers here in the last week, but he's playing at an extremely high level this season. Uh, him and Dame are near the top of three pointers made in the entire NBA, which is a great stat to be in. So that's where the majority of my optimism came from. I still think they're another move away from from entering that more formal conversation. Sure, but what leaves me excited is you have Dame looking like Dame. That we all want him to look like. He's playing at the high level, as good as he's looked in a long time. Him and Ant make a terrific backcourt combo. I love having pieces like Josh Hart who do the little things around them that don't need the ball in their hands to be impact players. They grab rebounds, they finish in transition. You have a Jeremy Grant who's playing at an all-star level and you have a legitimate shot to have your first non-Dame all-star since LaMarcus Aldridge, which is insane that it's been that long. But he's the only one. Dame's never played with an all-star when he's been an all-star. And so this is an opportunity for Jeremy Grant to get there this year. And I just, I look at the West right now and I don't think there's a juggernaut that is unbeatable. There's good team. Memphis is really good. New Orleans is really good. Dallas has maybe the best player in the NBA. Golden State's the defending champs. Like, Phoenix is still talented. So I get it. The West is still tough. But I don't look at it as there's this, oh my God, no matter what you do, there's no hope in sight for what you can accomplish. I
2: ask you this and then we'll go because there's something else I want to get to with Dame. Um, do, Do you think, are you in, you're in the camp of one move could vault them into
3: the conversation? Depending on what you get. Yes. So it'd be it have to be a sizable move. Now, I don't know about an NBA championship conversation because I think Boston and Milwaukee are so head and shoulders above everybody else. And again, maybe that yeah, ends but, up being wrong. But, it
2: yeah, Giannis is just
3: unbelievable. Like, you're not stopping. Like, Giannis is unbeatable. But to they
2: me. also are not a particularly easy matchup i think for milwaukee at certain positions like drew look at it let's do this no baby. no 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 no. i love it <laughs> god you can never just say something can you you can't There's no you gotta can't. be like a... that's added
3: context yeah drew eubanks is gonna lock up Giannis. never I... heard of him never
2: said that at all not one time but you go back to greece but like you know if you put drew holiday on dame that's not gonna be easy for dame we've seen that matchup before in the sure. playoffs but ant Okay. You got another guy on the other side. And then, you know, Grant, maybe they'd put Giannis on Grant just out of, like, sheer, uh, we have the matchup here and it's not even a a great matchup for you. I don't I'm just saying, like, I'm asking if you think they're, they are a legitimate move away from being even more of a threat to win the Western Conference. Yes. I think they are. Yeah. And we still haven't seen GP. We still haven't seen maybe the best defender on the team. Who, according to Shams yesterday, is targeting the next two weeks, which feel like I've heard for 2 months that is a broken record and I will believe it when I see him on the floor I think that's where most Portland fans are right now we haven't even seen GB that's the crazy thing this team is 15 and 12 and we haven't seen their best perimeter on ball
3: defender yet. And how many games has their best player missed? Like that was the thing. They got just off to missed, that, I think, nine. Right? Nine of your twenty-seven games. Yeah. So one of every three. Like they they got off to that great start, and then they they hit this lag, and it was hilarious to see the opinions like totally flip on port. Like they were playing without their best player. If you took Steph Curry off Golden State, what is their record gonna be over a nine-game stretch? Not very good. I'm not saying Dame's better than Steph. I'm just saying you take the best player off a team, it's gonna be difficult. And they snuck in a couple of wins there over Phoenix, you're like, hey, how about that? That was cool. But you need Damian Lillard to be the best team you want to be, and he is playing at a MVP level
2: right now. I want to give you a quick shout-out because I want to get to something with Dame coming up here in just a second. Uh, That was incredible on-the-fly math that you just did on air that nobody probably observed, but I did in real time. Yeah, You like that? I said nine, and you instantly were like, he's missed every three games. I'm like, wow, look at that guy. Is that right? Was that right? Nine times three. 27? Yes, sir. (laughs) Look at that. Look at that. Uh, something with Damian Lillard is looming, and I want to know how we feel about it. He was asked about this in the postgame last night, and uh, we'll share our thoughts on it as well. Dirt and Sprague, we're back with that on 1080 The Fan.
0: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.
2: We'll dive into the NFL coming up here at the bottom of the hour. So the Blazers win last night. They win the two games in a row against Minnesota. They head to the road now. 15-12 and 12 is where they sit. Just a few games before Christmas. So they'll probably be... Well, if you were wager, you'd wager... They're going to be above five hundred at Christmas, which... Yes. Cronin, uh told me this not too long like that that was what they wanted to do is evaluate where they were at christmas they're going to be above five hundred, which is, I think, going to personally, I, per, I I would wager that it exceeds the expectation they had in the organization.
3: Well, and the other thing too is, I wonder if that makes them more aggressive for what they want to do in January. I mean, you got to wait to that moratorium where you can start trading some contracts and you get a little flexibility leading into the trade deadline. But I do wonder, you know, it's different if you're if you're below five hundred, if you're at five hundred, if you're not exceeding expectations, maybe you're not uber aggressive and you just say, hey. We can make some moves in the off season, let's see how the rest of the year goes. but when you if you put yourself in a position over the next three weeks with they which they have a chance to because of the schedule, it could push them to be more aggressive at the deadline. It is entirely dependent on the move available.
2: I have no I have no reason to believe that they're forcing a move because they're in this like, oh, we can be the blank seed in the west this year, and that makes fans excited i I think this organization has done operating that way. I think it was clear as day that you could see that was what Neals was. Neal was, oh, I can take a flyer on a big, on one of the worst teams in the NBA, and maybe maybe something will happen. But here, here's here's Mason Plumlee, and then boom, Yusuf Nurkic becomes a thing. Mm-hmm. Like that was kind of Neal's thing. Neal was never making a sizable enough shift and move. I thought that helped the franchise long-term no I always thought it was in short-term get to the playoffs make people happy shut the hell up I know what I'm doing here we go again (laughs) the cycle is over and over and over again I do feel like Joe Mike Schmitz I I think these guys are operating on the if this move makes sense for us in the long term yeah in the three-year window here we'll do it if it doesn't and it only makes us slightly better is it worth doing I you know, I, I, I could be wrong, but that's the kind of feel I get from this uh, front office more so than the last front office. But last night was a was a really good night for Damian Lillard, who, again, he went to the fourth quarter having already made 11 threes, didn't need to play at all. The record's 14, so he tied his personal record of 11. Yes. But Klay Thompson still holds the record at 14.
3: I believe he made – didn't he make 12 in a playoff game? Didn't I see somebody tweet I that? I think they do like regular But I know season, it's different records, yeah. but I think his all-time personal was in a playoff game with 12. I'll look that up, but that's I hate that they do that—that that they differentiate between playoff and do regular too. season records. Like, I get not counting the overall points, like sure. to your career total. I get that, but when you're talking about the most threes you've ever made in the game, it is funny if you've had more.
2: Yeah. So Dame last night has a big game. Portland wins, and now with that game, Dame is 106 points away from passing Clyde Drexler all time. <laughs> at this point, at this pace, he's going to get there in two games. Well, I want to talk <laughs> about that here in a second. Here was Damian Lillard asked about what it would mean for him. Uh, hey, man, you're only 106 points away. Like, how do you feel about it?
4: You know, I think everybody here knows this. You know, it's documented that I've, I've always said I want to be the best. You know, I want to be the guy where when they say, who is the best to come through here, um, you know, I want people to look and say it was Dame, you know. And um, obviously scoring isn't everything, but when you start to get up in these types of numbers, that's a major thing. So, um, and, you know, the the fact that it's Clyde Drexler, you know, the Anybody who knows the history of the NBA is going to respect and honor that. So, uh, you know, being a part of one organization for this this long and, um, you know, being able to sustain this level of success and to to catch a record like that, um, is, it, it means a lot, you know, to be in that position. And once it does happen, I think it'll be um, just a major step in, you know, even further in the direction of being what I want to be, you know, as far as being a trailblazer and, um, you know, it's a major accomplishment.
2: There's some local reporters that have long been pushing back against this Dame as the greatest blazer of all time thing, and I find that really
3: funny because what are they going to say in four games?
2: <laughs> is it suddenly going to be shifted? Well, the now? argument will
3: be he hasn't been in the NBA finals, and Clyde took Portland there twice. That's cool.
1: the only argument. That's they the have only one left, that's left in, right. in the holster.
3: Give Dame that team. He actually comes up clutch in the finals. <laughs> this is something I'm actually really excited. I for. hope he breaks it in Houston, right in front of Clyde's face. I it, you know I you and I kind of carry that same level of petty. I I am very absolute pettiness. I am very excited for the all-time franchise leading scorer to be somebody that has embraced our community, that has embraced our city, and has done nothing but one to That yeah, will go into the Hall of Fame as a Blazer. As a Blazer, Blazer that's not going to run to, you know, I want to be known as an Oakland guy. or Like, no. He, he is a Blazer. He is Portland. He represents this organization, and I think that's really exciting. Clyde, there were great memories. I don't have them personally because I'm too young. I don't I only remember the, the very end of Clyde's run in Portland sure. before he was traded. I don't have vivid memories of them going to the NBA Finals, and so maybe I would feel differently if I were alive and in my formidable sports fans' years. Maybe I feel differently. But there's always been a part of that that has rubbed me the wrong way. That the second he got the chance, he bolted, which, whatever, I can't blame you for that. But the way that he has basically put a stiff arm against the city of Portland yes. ever since walking out of the out of the city gates, I just that's one that I can't get over, and I'm very excited for Dame to hold this record. Well, and, and you know, I, I just... I'm largely just joking. I understand and
2: appreciate what Clyde and his era was, but to have Dame break this, I I kind of echo what you're saying. Like, it it just means it's it means more. And you know, I don't know if Dame. I hope Dame forever wears the jersey. If he doesn't, I'd imagine it's going to be mutual, and there's no hard feelings, and the statue's going to get built. But oh I, yeah. But I also like my nephew is playing with his nephew on a, on a like a seventh grade AAU basketball team right now. I walk into my nephew's game. They're playing in Vancouver, and they're playing this random gym. And right next to my nephew in the layup line is a kid wearing the letter O, and is li- it says Lillard on the back, and he's wearing the PDX Carpet Dames. <laughs> and at first, I'm like, "Oh, a jerseys provided by Dame, cool." But my nephew's name is on the back of his, and I'm like, "Oh." My nephew goes, "That's his nephew," and I'm like, "It just like hits me of this dude is everywhere now." His family businesses, his ties to Adidas, yeah. his brother coaching youth football. You know, his, his, his extended family now is out. like He just, he is the city. He's building a house, if not already done, in West Lynn. Like, this dude just identifies with the franchise in a way that, you know, no superstar has. And it's not a shot. It's just kind of a reality. You want to claim that Clyde Drex was the greatest blazer of all time because they got to the finals and they're
3: more accomplished.
2: <laughs> yeah, okay. If you just step back for a second and and identify what it truly means to be the franchise guy. Yes. Dame has been all of that and more. And I hope I can't wait for him to break the record. I really do hope it is in Houston. I think he'd have to average uh I saw this last night. Thirty six. So what's he at one he's one oh five away? Yeah, Houston's the third away. game of the series yeah. of the trip. And so if he, there's he averages, a good chance that happens. Yeah, the way he's playing, he looks yeah. like vintage dame right now. But, so
1: yeah, if he goes off in San Antonio Which is easily
2: possible and goes,
1: then if Luke, if he and Luca go like shot for shot sort of thing, it it could happen.
2: I just I you know it's not a shot at the old guard. It kinda is, but it isn't. It's just more of like can we stop? pretending about something here this is the way it's been for a while it's, it's you know. been this way for two three years we've been screaming it from the mountaintops and the pushback is well he's not the leader okay so he's gonna score 106 points and suddenly something changes like <laughs> <Right>. that's <laughs> an asinine take to have yeah. and also not repping portland in the hall of that really bothered me that really truly bothered me this dude played almost his whole career in portland Won one chip in Houston. Played like four years. Ninety percent of his career accolades were here. And you know, you said something funny. That he's not going to go in his Oakland. You know what he is though. Like Dame is able to balance all of it. He reps Ogden. He definitely reps Oakland with his tattoos and his life and his charity. You know what he does when he goes back to Oakland. And he he reps Portland. Like it's everything. He's able to balance it all. He doesn't need to go in the Hall of Fame. Like, well, I'm going to retire as an Oakland-only guy. It's like, that's ridiculous. Like, you can love Houston all you want, but to give no love to the franchise that gave you all of those memories, even if you came up short, I just, it's always bothered me, and I can't wait for him to break the record and be the franchise leader in this category. So some of the old guard can move on from their bad take of he's not the all-time greatest blazer, and we can all just... You know, celebrate the fact that Damian Lillard has been a
3: Blazer's whole career and wants to be. Yeah, the funny thing about the best Blazer take, too, is that if you truly want to just boil it down to who was the best Blazer to wear a uniform, it's Bill Walton. Yeah, he I just. Mean he's- but you couldn't. He was long term. He was a short term yeah. guy. But if you truly want to go to who won a championship, took him to the finals, they probably would have won back to back championships the next year. He got hurt. Like if you want to boil it down to that, he's probably the greatest bla- the basketball player of all time. Dame though, just went, with all the intangibles, is the best uh, in organizational history. And I was just thinking last night, like of all the things that I enjoy as a fan. You know, I, we all have our personal fandoms of our college football teams, NFL teams, baseball teams, right? i I think the the moment in in a blazer game when Dame gets hot and you could you feel like the entire arena's weight like in the palm of his hand. And everybody, like every time a shot goes up, everybody's into it. At home, you're thinking the same thing. Yes, you're. You know, he just—he's in that zone. That's like top five sports moments when those kind of nights happen for me of all my fandoms. Watching him go off like he went off last night, and every time it goes up, you're waiting with bated breath to see if he's going to make another three. And he gets that unconscious mode where he can't miss. God, that is fun to watch. I've never heard the building louder than when he hit the walk off shot against Oklahoma City. I was just at
2: the Denver game that they lost, but we thought he had hit the game-winning shot with eight seconds to go. I, I'll never
3: forget being drunk out of my mind at the Golden State game many moons ago when he—I he, think it went 60. for sixty-one, yeah—and that was the—I think that was the game that he made the eleven threes, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and all <laughs> the shots that he was making—it it was up, absolutely nuts. Half court, the whole arena is just yeah. erupting. It's just nothing better than that. Yeah. So Dame Lillard continues on. He's 106 points
2: away from passing Clyde Drexler. They hit the road now. We'll see what he can do and how many games. Uh, when they get there all right uh, we have a lot more to get into football as well the mail sack coming up at 8 15 so get the mail sack questions into the fan text line Uh, but we go to the nfl and we do it next hiring
0: for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank linkedin helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role in a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com recommend today.
4: After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medella is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Now with the
1: MLB app, you can get baseball your way.
3: Well, both you and I last night were sweating out a really bad, good football game. Like, that game sucked, but it was so bad that it was entertaining. Did you have that vibe? Uh, yeah, I did. think I like that game was terrible.
2: I did. You mentioned something earlier off the air about five minutes to go. I, I quit watching because when they went 27-13, I was like, that's it. Arizona ain't coming back. That's over. It's over. Bill, Bill's not letting that defense give up a 14-point lead in the fourth quarter with the playoffs on the
3: line. <laughs> no, sir. They they got a stop with about five minutes to go, and New England came out with five minutes to go in a game in Arizona territory and threw the ball in first and second down, and it was incomplete. Matt Patricia, baby. Like, you could have just ran it twice and ran a minute and a half off the clock and punted it down to the five-yard line. i have And then Arizona ended up using a timeout. Like, I changed the channel to the Blazer game because it was going on at that time, and I flipped back, and I'm like, wait a minute. Why are they punting with 4.50 left on the clock? How did that not kill any more time? But the Pats ended up winning. Uh, There were defensive touchdowns, fumbles. The highlight of the night, though, was undoubtedly Kyler Murray on the opening series of the game for Arizona going down with a non-contact injury. And he is now, uh, it sounds like a torn ACL is what it is for Kyler. Yeah. Everybody said it doesn't look good. He was crying, and they carted him off the field. You always hate to see that. And, you know, it it is, though, the moment when you look at and say that dude's got at least five years left on a contract that's going to pay him over $200 million. And you're dealing with a torn ACL potentially on December 13th, December 12th. I mean, you're looking at a real possibility that you're missing the vast majority of next season too. the first year you start paying this guy $39 million a year. And I go back to something I think you and I were in lockstep on in the offseason of just it never made any sense. They have made their bed, and now they got to lie on it. Arizona has been one of the most disappointing teams in the NFL, and that was the cherry on top of their horrible season with Kyler Murray tearing his ACL last well, night. Well, you
2: just hope that he can study up the new coach's playbook in his off season. It's yeah. going to happen. Oh, I mean, that's it's inevitable. I I, I don't know what you say. I will. Swag had alerted. I missed the injury live. I caught it because I had to pick my daughter up from dance.
3: So yeah, I, I was on a walk. I missed it live, too. I saw the text, and I pulled up Twitter on the walk, and I was like, oh, that doesn't look good. That's what I did. I waited a second, and I was like, because
2: Swag's text was very open-ended. I'm like, what does this mean? So I opened Twitter. Boom, there it is, Kyler. And it's funny. We both had the same response. Well, now I'm worried because Colt McCoy can win this game, whereas I had no faith Kyler <laughs> Murray would. I don't know where they go as a, as a franchise. I don't know who they hire. Is it Sean Payton? Is it somebody we've never heard of that's an offensive
3: coordinator somewhere? You try and get Lincoln Riley? I'm, well, I'm not taking well, that I'm Lincoln. I've got question. Caleb Williams. I mean, I probably wouldn't either, but maybe Kyler, maybe Kyler Murray's the guy who wanted to coach in the NFL. There is Look, Kyler Murray had success in that system. That is not the job I'm leaving
2: USC for. If I'm leaving USC, it's for Herbert. I'm leaving for that kind what of What if that
3: job doesn't come open? Because there's a chance I'll the Chargers make the playoffs. He state, lives in, U- yeah, USC,
1: he, okay. win national championships, <laughs> make $9 million well, well, a year. let's yeah. win
3: a playoff game first before we Not win national championships. Um, sure,
2: get to a playoff, but make $9, 10000000 a year, go yeah. to the Big Ten, whatever. Yeah. Like, it's a good life. Well, they yeah.
1: showed the graphic that Kyler and the GM and Kingsbury are all signed through, like, at least 27. Mm-hmm. Are the Bidwells notorious for eating that kind of buyout if you want to get because they're not I mean they pivoted off their 10th pick
2: in the draft a year after they picked him I don't know if they're rolling in the dough they just extended cliff and when I saw that I thought that was so stupid because I'm like that that guy has all the signs of I'm getting fired after this year yeah that's the
1: part I don't know their appetite how much you know and it's certainly with the coach there's no salary cap I mean If they try to move off of Kyler, what sort of salary cap implications? How much do you hamstring yourself trying to? I mean, what team is
3: honestly taking on that? Even if you wanted to move on, you're not going to get value.
1: No way. You're not going to get. You either have to get a whole mess of you know draft picks, like first round draft picks, and I don't see anybody giving those up for him right now.
3: He you can't get out of that Kyler contract until twenty twenty eight. There's a potential out. And I don't know if it's team or if it's player related. It's probably team. For the potential out. But that I mean and, and this is I, I it just goes back to this off season where there was no need to pay him. None. Like there was no requirement. There was he had two years left on his rookie contract. He, because he deleted a couple of things on Instagram. He was mad for a minute. You felt the need to give him a six-year, $230 million contract. I just, that, I just have a bad feeling that will go down as one of the worst moves we've seen in a long time. There's two of them this offseason. Denver going all in, trading the capital, and giving Russell Wilson the contract, which dear God, they probably want to be... As far away from that as they possibly can well, right he now. He finally had a good game, and then he gets concussed. Like, yeah, yeah, that guy just can't catch a break. He also man. threw a really bad pick six that hurt in the over battle. But you know, <laughs> we don't need to get into that. Uh, but the Kyler one, it just, <sighs> I, yeah, I, I you got to fire fire Cliff Kingsbury. Well, why would you? Okay, so I don't disagree with you there. Kingsbury's not the dude. He'll
2: go be an OC in some pretty boy town, and you know, be drunk at a bar and pick up hot chicks and probably <laughs> live a great life. But, like, why are you not firing Steve Kime? This roster, is Steve Kime. Cliff Kingsbury ain't making all these personnel decisions. Cliff Kingsbury didn't hand the contract. I'm sure Cliff was like, sure. But, like, Cliff's not the guy responsible for handing the contract to Kyler Murray. I, I, I kind of feel like it needs to be a package deal. And, and I, what do you do with Kyler? I mean, he has to rehab, and you, you have to find the right offensive guy. I might not be high on Kyler Murray right now. You might not like Kyler Murray as a franchise guy. I think there's real tea leaves of this guy's not a great leader. Um, uh, you know, it's funny, Patrick Peterson made these comments, they went public, he responds like, yo, you could hit my number. I don't disagree with Kyler actually right there. If you had something to say, you could have texted and been like, yo, I, I feel like you you can be better here. Real friends would do that for you. But there were people responding on his own team that were kind of like, yeah, you know, you. Don't go public with it. That was the defense. Don't go public with it. It wasn't like, oh, he's way wrong, man. He's the greatest team. It was like, oh, yeah, I just wouldn't air this stuff out. Because he's not. But I think what Geno Smith or anybody else you want to throw into this category that we've been playing this game all year on, if you get the right offensive mind. Mike McDaniel in Miami. Tua wasn't a guy for anybody. And Mike McDaniel with his system. They're eight and five now. They'll probably lose their third game in a row, but you can't argue with the results. They're over five hundred. Mm-hmm. They're in a playoff race, and they've got great weapons. You've got D Hop there. You get the right people in charge. Maybe you could still salvage this thing and find the right system for what Kyler is. Run him a little bit. Quick throws. You know, let him go deep a few times if you can find that system. And maybe you can. Maybe you can't. It doesn't have to be over for Kyler Murray yet. They just need a
3: restart because that GM and coach situation has not been good now. Yeah, I like the Geno Smith comp. The only difference there is that Geno never got a six year, $230 million contract. He was kind of, they gave up on him pretty early. But there was no thought that Geno Smith was going to turn into an NFL franchise quarterback again. And he's having a really good year this year. But you have no choice, sir. You have to find a way to make this work. Now you have to, yeah. I mean, there's there's no way out of it. It feels like ancient history, but it was only a couple of months ago that it was revealed that they put a clause on his contract that he needed to study the playbook. Yes, because he like, plays video games. That was the thing this yeah. summer. And that's When you have that little faith in your franchise quarterback, it's, it's a really bad sign. It's a guy that's never thrown for 4,000 yards. It's a guy that's never thrown 30 touchdowns in a season. And the scary part, I think, out of all of this, if I'm an Arizona fan today, is not only are you locked into this contract for that long, but on top of that, Kyler Murray is a guy that is 100% dependent on his legs. And he just tore an ACL. Now, I hope he's back and he's the same you know, jitterbug that he is all over the field when he comes back next season at some point. But there's always that fear that when you are signing a guy like this, if there is a significant injury, what kind of quarterback is he going to be? If Kyler Murray loses a step athletically, what is he left with? He's not an elite pocket passer. He's not an elite thrower. What makes him special is his ability to scramble around and make plays. And I get you know, that's the fear and the argument that people make about Lamar Jackson a lot. But the difference between Lamar and Kyler Murray is Lamar's won an MVP. He's been to the playoffs. He's won a playoff game. Like there's there's legitimate success there. He's had a 30 touchdown season. Uh, and that's just has never been the case for Kyler. So it was that was a tough one for Arizona. I'm sure to go through their season has been horrible all year. It's been a major disappointment. We looked at them as a potential player in the NFC West. You had the D Hop suspension, the Kyler contract controversy. Their offensive line coach maybe groped somebody in Mexico City and got fired. Like the whole thing has been bad. And then you just put the cherry on top of the crap Sunday of Hey, by the way, Kyler Murray. Not only did he tear his ACL. I mean, how many weeks is he going to miss next year now? You got to take that one very carefully. You yes. can't. You
2: cannot just like trot might miss him out. it's half the season next year. I mean, it's very possible. The timeline of this stuff is you want to be more safe than sorry. And so, like, I think at this point, you do the rehab. You take his time. You want him to get as much of his athleticism and quickness back that he can. He has to. And they got too much invested to rush that back. So I think you are looking at a situation where he's probably going to be out for most of next year. Come back late. And you just hope to restart with a coach because it feels like that's easily gonna be happening You hope it's the right guy if it's not and it's still time and all that stuff like I just I don't know, man. I, I don't, If you're a Cardinal fan today, I don't think you feel a lot of optimism.
3: Yeah, we've seen this in the NFL where Philly signed Wentz to the deal and L.A. signed Goff to the deal. They tried to get out of it. Goff has turned into a, a good quarterback again in Detroit. But when I, I imagine there's similar sentiment in Arizona today. I want to stick in the NFL coming up next because there was something controversial that happened on Sunday night in the response from the NFL. I'm curious where we're at on this. I'll tell you what that is. We'll get into that next on the – Have we all forgiven Will Smith? Because I really want to see his new movie – It's on Apple TV. Looks good. Uh, I think that's emancipation. Emancipation. That's a personal choice.
2: Okay. I, I, I. You know, I never really had anything against him. You say forgive him.
3: He didn't slap me in the face
2: (laughs) in front of millions of people. He also
3: did not slap me. And I really want to see his new movie. Neil Brennan. Do you know who Neil Brennan is? I do, yeah.
2: So Neil Brennan is one of the co-creators and writers of the Chappelle show. So he's really he's a dorky looking white guy, but he's a really, really brilliant comedic writer. Does a lot of stand-up. He's trying to get yeah, he's trying to do stand-up now because, you know, he's more writing in comedy. He wants to do stand up. Well, he has a Netflix special, and I watched this the other day, and he had a really funny Will Smith story and he goes. He goes, you know, I I had this one night in Hollywood. He goes, I'm going to name drop. And he goes, Leo was there, but he's not even part of the story. And so he goes to tell his story and he walks into a room and he sees everybody. He sees Ellen DeGeneres. He sees uh, Dave Chappelle, you know, Chris Rock, Kevin Hart, like you name a comedian that's popular and legendary. They were in this Eddie Murphy. They were in this room and they're all there for this Netflix CEO's party. And the Netflix CEO says uh, you never know. You, I can't begin to tell you what it's like to be in a room with all my heroes. And Chris Rock yells out of the back of the room,
3: And Neil Brennan!
2: <laughs> and everybody, I guess, just laughs. And Neil Brennan talks about it. in that moment. He goes, I, "He it was, it was such a good joke. And Neil Brennan goes, I hope one day Chris Rock has something happen to him in front of his peers.
3: That's really embarrassing to him. And then, boom! <laughs> Will was. Smith slap in the face. It was a really good story and joke. Uh just a thought bubble. I heard the song, and I'm I'm want to watch. I might watch that this weekend. Watch the movie if you don't feel yeah. weird about it. Who cares? Yeah, I'm definitely going to watch the movie. I saw it. Didn't? It's not up for any Golden Globe awards, and people thought, hmm, hmm. oh, he's not going to win anything. <laughs> he's done. Yeah. It's going to be funny if you watch it. And it's like that's the best movie I've ever seen, and it doesn't win a single award because it's Will Smith. Uh, I saw this so Sunday night. There was a roughing the passer call on Justin Herbert. Jalen Phillips, yeah. Jalen Phillips, who had an unbelievable game. And it was one of the worst—I know we say this we're reactionary— one of the worst roughing the passer calls I've ever seen. He legitimately hit him, put his arms to the ground to like try and brace the fall, didn't put full body weight on him. It was one of the worst calls I've ever seen. It extended a charger drive. They didn't score points on that drive. Uh, but it was a horrific call. There is now— A growing push, according to some who uh, report on the NFL, behind the scenes. And I'm wondering how we feel about this. Because we went through this before, and it failed miserably. That there is going to be a push this offseason to have roughing the passer a reviewable penalty. Uh, I don't like that. You don't like that? No. We went through this with P.I. after the Saints-Rams-NFC Championship game. I don't mind them looking at it. Stop
2: making everything boil down to you only have two reviews. You choose when to use them. You, you mentioned the Chargers didn't get points on that drive. They did not. Uh, it's a, it was a fantastic play. I didn't even think, you know, letter of the law is don't put your body weight on the guy. I actually didn't think he really did it. I thought, I it thought was he really legitimately tackled. put his arms on the ground to, like, keep his full body weight from landing on Herbert. Sure. And also, can you please tell me the physical difference on a human body between Jalen Phillips's sack on Justin Herbert <laughs> and Mike White being speared by a Buffalo Bill, <laughs> he looked like his body was going to snap in half. That was, that was one of
3: the worst hits I've seen in a long time.
2: But that's a clean hit. That's a clean by hit. By the letter of the law, the Mike White sack is a clean hit. The Jalen Phillips yep. one is the dirty one they want to get rid of. He hit him in the chest. You want to review set, roughing the passer calls that are questionable? Do it. Stop making teams have to waste their limited challenges on one play in, what, the second quarter whenever that like, that's, the, that's why I think the NBA review process is dumb. Like, they give these coaches one challenge, and you don't even get a challenge back if you win it. You just don't lose a timeout. But, like, if you challenge something in the second quarter, you can't challenge the rest of the game. Yeah, it's really stupid. The NBA has completely screwed that thing up. The NFL wants to do this? Fine. But don't make coaches have to throw a red flag on this. You should have somebody in the booth go, yo, I don't I don't think that was a bad sack there. Let's look at this really quick. It would take less than a minute. There you go. Stop wasting challenges from coaches over this stuff.
3: I want to get to, I got a couple thoughts on this. I'll start the final hour there. A couple other NFL notes. What do you think? Should they review roughing the passer calls? Jalen Phillips had some comments after the game that uh, are are leading to people believing that this is going to be a cause that's taken up by the NFL. So we'll start the final hour there. Mel Sack coming up at 8.15. Get your questions in. 503-250-1080. Sports, non-sports, we will answer them coming up at 8.15. It is a loaded final hour. Don't go anywhere. Dirt and spray on 1080.